Welcome to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church Podcast, where we bring you weekly sermons that uplift your soul, strengthen your spirit, and praise the Lord. Whatever your reason for listening, we're grateful for you spending your time with us. May God open your heart to love and your ears to hear. Please remain standing for the reading of our scripture lessons this morning. Our first lesson uh, this morning is from Psalm 23. Listen for the word of God. Our ears are open. A Psalm of David. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in right paths for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the darkest valley, I fear no evil, for you are with me. And your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord my whole life long. Our gospel lesson this morning comes from John chapter 6. After this, Jesus went to the other side of the Sea of Galilee, also called the Sea of Tiberias. A large crowd kept following him because they saw the signs that he was doing for the sick. Jesus went up the mountain and sat down there with his disciples. Now the Passover, the festival of the Jews, was near. When he looked up and saw a large crowd coming toward him, Jesus said to Philip, Where are we to buy bread for these people to eat? He said this to test him, for he himself knew what he was going to do. Philip answered him, Six months' wages would not buy enough bread for such, enough bread for them to even have a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, There is a boy here who has five barley loaves and two fish, but what are they among so many people? Jesus said, Make the people sit down. Now there was a great deal of grass in the place, so they sat down, about 5,000 in all. Then Jesus took the loaves, and when he had given thanks, he distributed them to those who were seated, so also the fish, as much as they wanted. When they were satisfied, he told his disciples, gather up the fragments left over so that nothing may be lost. So they gathered them up, and from the fragments of the five barley loaves left by those who had eaten, they filled 12 baskets. When the people saw the sign that he had done, they began to say, This is indeed the prophet who is to come into the world. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Please be seated. Let us pray. May the words of my mouth and the meditation of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, for you are our rock and our Redeemer. Amen. Today, Jesus is hosting a picnic. A crowd has gathered around him by the thousands, finding their place in the soft, cool grass. They sit with their legs crossed, ready to listen. Others stand because of bad backs and lean against trees that provide shade and support. Others crowd as close as possible to this leader, this teacher, this healer, this prophet. They hope that they can catch a glimpse of his face, maybe even touch the hem of his garment. 
The only problem with this picnic is there is not nearly enough food. The disciples haven't been to the market in ages. Jesus has nothing in his knapsack. The crowd didn't plan to stay through dinner, so they didn't bring anything with them. But they're eager, they're watchful, they're there, and they're hungry. Over to the right is a stoic man with hardened lines in his shoulders, but an undeniable softness in his eyes. He's wistfully watching those young couples who are holding hands and swapping secrets, stealing kisses. They have no idea what a life lived together really is, he thinks. The children they'll have, the losses they'll experience, the fights about money and career and things they won't even remember the next morning. He also knows that there is no way they can know the joy of living a life with somebody that you love. He's just lost his wife of 52 years, three short months ago. The illness was fast but acute, and he feels lost and alone. All the way on the other side of the hill, there's a young woman on the fringes of the crowd, and she's afraid to get too close to anybody. She's afraid that nobody wants to be very close to her. Her mind wanders over the events of the last night, the last few days, what she's stolen, who she's lied to, how she's used and abused and misused her body. She's ashamed, not just of her addiction, but how it makes her treat herself and treat those around her. She desperately wants to get clean. She has a hard time finding the strength. She feels guilty and sick and sad, lost. At the bottom of the hill, there's a teenager, a boy who's been kicked out of his home by his parents. He doesn't quite know why all these people are gathered here on this hillside, who this man is that people keep talking about and want to see and hear. What he does know is that he would rather slip into the anonymity and the busyness and the closeness of a crowd than keep wandering streets by himself all alone. He's hungry. He's trying to find a place. He's lost. A young mother, a single mom now, resides on the patch of grass right nearby. Her four kids, her four kids are noisy. They're alternately laughing and screaming. They're running all over each other. She tries to keep them from hopping on top of this teenage boy who's got a sad look in his eye. As she watches them, she begins to second-guess herself, wondering if she really should have left her husband but he hit her, and she was afraid he was going to hit them, so she walked out, and she moved far away on her own. She finds herself scared and alone. Then there's a young boy who starts to wander near the disciples, and he is literally lost. That morning, his big sister sent him out with the very last pennies she had to buy a paltry portion for their sick parents. He did the best he could with what he had, able to find some pickled fish, a few loaves of bread, poor people's food. But somehow he's taken a wrong turn on the way home, and now he finds himself swept up in the middle of this crowd that keeps growing, all attentive to some man with a beard. He's worried about how and when he'll get home, especially about how angry his sister is going to be when he shows up late. 
And among that crowd at the very front, right around Jesus, are his disciples, that tough and faithful group who follow him. They have confused looks on their faces as they do most days. Today, Jesus says to them, hey, I am hosting a picnic, and we have got to figure out how to feed this crowd. There's Philip, who stands right next to Jesus, wanting desperately to support him. He desperately wants to do and to say the right thing, always aware that he just never quite gets what's going on. He lives with that knot in his stomach that you get when you sense that you are always on the outside, when you desperately want to be on the inside of a conversation. He hopes that maybe this time he's going to get it right. This time he'll understand what Jesus is talking about. Jesus says to him, where are we to buy bread for all these people to eat? Well, before he even has a chance to think, Philip says, we can't buy bread for all of these people. Six months' wages wouldn't be enough to buy for everybody who's here. This is crazy, he thinks. He feels lost, lost to the ways of Jesus and why he is always asking them to do the impossible. And then there's Andrew, sweet Andrew, standing next to Philip, right in front of his brother, Simon Peter. And Andrew just wants to be helpful wants to help Jesus do whatever it is he was doing and being and bringing. He knows he feels better, more at peace, more inspired when he is with this man. So he tries to help, knowing that there's no way they could go out and buy enough food. He begins to wander the crowd, passing through to see if maybe somebody has got something that they could all share. He passes through the old man and the teenager and the mother, steps over toddlers and dodges kids who were playing tag. He looks for food and baskets, any food at all. Then he walks up to a little boy who looks lost, and he timidly hands over the food that he's bought with his sister's money for his parents. Now that boy was afraid before, but now he knows he's in for it. Now he's going to return home, and he doesn't even have any food, and it's not looking like he's going to get out of there before dark. Well, Andrew takes that basket and he hands it to Jesus, bewildered, knowing that once again, he has not done enough to help. Well, Jesus takes that boy's food, gives thanks to God, blesses it, and breaks it. He begins to wander the crowd and gives it to all that he meets. That teenager breaks off a large chunk because he has not eaten in days. And then he passes it around to the four kids who are circling around him. He can't help but smile when they start smiling at him and urging him to participate in their game. The mother makes sure that each of her kids has enough to satisfy them until bedtime and then is assured she can take another loaf to have for breakfast the next morning. She's passed fish, too, the luxury of protein that can get her through another day. The young woman with a hangover takes a full loaf directly from the hands of Jesus, savors it to soothe her aching stomach, hoping it will soothe her aching head. An older woman walks over from the edge of a crowd. She's been watching her. She makes sure that she also takes her share of fish, Take some for later, the woman says to her. 
I couldn't, the woman says. I do not deserve any of this. The woman keeps the fish moving, but then she sits down next to her because she knows the look of a hangover all too well. She knows the signs of a morning after a rough night. She doesn't say anything, but she makes sure this woman isn't alone. She holds her hand, and they sit there together. And then that man with the sad and the gentle eyes finally is able to let his tears break forth. As his brother hands him a basket that's full of bread, he cries with delight as he remembers all the times that his wife baked fresh bread. He remembers the smells and the warmth that filled the house, the meals shared with neighbors and families and friends and strangers, all those who gathered around their table for hours, eating bread that just seemed to keep coming from his wife's oven. As he breaks off a piece of bread, he gives thanks. And that little boy, who thought that his basket was gone forever, he's given it back. And this time it is filled up with bread. And underneath that, there is a basket full of fish, and not the pickled kind that smells up his whole house, but large, meaty fish, enough to feed his family for days. And all ate, and all were full. Every person in that crowd had seconds, in some cases thirds. Each person at that picnic wondered if she would have enough to get her through the day, wondered if he'd find nourishment, woke up afraid that there might not be enough. But for that day, each person got more than enough, found more than they were looking for. They gathered on that mountain with a sense of scarcity, and they found abundance through Jesus Christ. Now, Philip still doesn't understand. He still doesn't answer Jesus correctly. But after witnessing that feeding of sharing bread, of eating some himself, he starts to wonder if this is really all about questions and answers at all. After sharing a meal with thousands, he's not quite so concerned with getting everything right. And Andrew always afraid that he's not helping enough or doing enough or giving enough, feeling like he's coming up short, saw through Jesus his gift multiply. And for a brief moment, he believed in himself. He thought, maybe I really can be part of this kingdom thing that Jesus is bringing after all. When everyone had eaten, Jesus looks out at that crowd and he blesses them and he gives thanks to God. But he doesn't go away. He doesn't feed a group for a day and then move on. Jesus knows that the miracle isn't over yet. He says to his disciples, go out there and gather up the fragments that are left over so that nothing may be lost. He looks at that crowd and he knows that people are still fragmented in spite of the feeding, in spite of the abundance before them. They're still going to wake up tomorrow feeling lost. They feel torn up like that loaf of bread, fragmented into some bits of unusable pieces. So Jesus gathers up the fragments that are left over so that nothing may be lost. Nothing and nobody is lost to Jesus. Jesus looks at that man who's grieving, and he sees all of him, his grief and his loneliness, those tears he cries in the middle of the night, those mornings when he thinks he cannot get out of bed. 
Jesus takes those pieces of him, he blesses them and gives thanks. Jesus knows what the young addiction-plagued woman has done, where she's been, the deep pain that she has experienced in her life. She feels broken, and Jesus looks at her and says, my daughter, you are mine, and you are whole. She offers her brokenness and shares it with him. And the teenager, he knows that with Jesus, he doesn't have to hide anymore. Jesus knows why he was kicked out of his house, and Jesus does not care. Jesus loves him to pieces and collects all those pieces of the boy who is no longer lost. The young mother turns her truth over to Jesus, and she finds peace. Jesus meets us in our brokenness. He shares food with us, and he gathers us up so that we are no longer lost. Today, Jesus is hosting a picnic right here at Sandy Springs United Methodist Church. He's feeding us with food that we thought we would never receive, giving us more than enough when we woke up thinking we didn't have what it would take to make it through this day. No matter how lost or alone or scared or hopeless we feel, Jesus looks us in the eyes and says, My precious child, have some bread. Chew on mercy. Feast on forgiveness. Jesus knows how easy it is to get caught up in that scarcity mindset, believing that there's not enough, believing that we aren't enough, listening to messages that shout at us from a higher and higher volume, hoard what you have, do not share with others, build up walls because there is not enough to go around. Not enough love, not enough peace, not enough food, not enough land. He knows how easy these messages are to believe, how easy it is to trust the news that there's not enough, so I better take care of me and mine. But Jesus carries us not in spite of that truth, but because of it. Because the good news is Jesus gathers up the fragments and nothing and nobody is lost. And gather us up, he does. Every piece of ourselves that we think is useless that somebody else told us we're unworthy, that brings us pain or shame or guilt, he gathers us up. Every fragment we thought was wasted or somebody else discarded, he gathers up. And he gathers up every single person, no matter who we are or what we've done or where we've been. Nothing and nobody is lost to Jesus, not even the smallest crumb. He looks at our crumbs And he sees a feast. He looks at our losses, and he sees abundance. Abundant possibilities for growth and new life and multiplication. Abundant promises for change and transformation. Out of our brokenness, he blesses us, and he makes us whole. Jesus carries on God's story, which is a story of abundance. From the creation of the world where God makes the universe out of nothing, takes chaos and turns it into our beautiful, beautiful world. To the Psalms where God promises us that even though we will walk through the valley of the shadow of death, we can fear no evil because God is with us. Our cups runneth over. To the birth of Jesus, 
When the world said, hey, there is no way that this woman marry a poor teenager, this man Joseph, a measly carpenter from Nazareth, they are not enough to produce the savior of the world. And yet God shows up abundantly in the person of Jesus. Jesus who takes the pieces of death and humiliation on a cross and turns them into life abundant and eternal. Through this new life, we are lost no more and we will never be fragmented again. For we are saved by the one who brings wholeness, who gathers us up into those gentle and loving and empowering arms. Our bodies may return to dust, but we will go on to eternity everlasting where all of us are going to feast together at that heavenly banquet table, the place where food is abundant and nobody ever goes hungry again. This is God's story and this is our song. Thanks be to God. Amen. Leave this place knowing and believing that God's love is more than enough, that Jesus sees us and knows us and holds us, and promises more and more abundant love for the whole world. Go forth with his peace. Amen. Thank you for listening to the Sandy Springs United Methodist Church podcast. We hope that you have found our podcast helpful and hope to be in ministry not only to you, but with you. For more information about Sandy Springs United Methodist Church, please visit www.ssumc.org. Until next time, may God bless you.